Hello, I'm Kurt Whitesell, and I want to welcome you to the coolest and most informative podcast in the Westfield, Indiana area. What's up, Westfield? What's up, Westfield is a local chat fest to dig deep into politics, development, who's doing what, and anything else we can fit into 45 minutes of fun online. If you have a topic or an interest in being an amazing guest, please reach out to us. We'd love to hear your ideas. My guest today is a seasoned developer that has put his company's mark on many of the cool new developments in Westfield, like Grand Park Event Center, a Hampton Inn, the West Fork Distillery, and of course, the North Point Industrial Park. We are lucky to have him as a guest, and Westfield is even luckier to have his company pushing hard on development. This might be a long one, but well worth the time hearing how he got started, his experiences, and his time in Westfield. This will be fun. Please welcome Chris Wilkes to the podcast. Hi, Chris Wilkes. How are you today? I am fine, Kurt. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for being on my podcast. Um, one well, of the welcome. first you're things, welcome. since not many people listen, I have to tell you why I'm asking this. One of the first things I ask is many of my guests is, what would you be doing at 1.34 on a Thursday, typically right now? Yeah. Um, well... Probably um, finishing up lunch somewhere, um, maybe trying to plan the afternoon out, um, uh-huh. which again, as a real estate developer in Westfield, it, it's not very busy. Uh, uh, it's not like I've got a whole host of items to check off. And so it's a, I uh-huh. usually pretty much watch the golf, getting ready to watch the golf channel. And uh, okay. you know, uh, that'd be a typical one thirty on a Thursday. Ease into the afternoon kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, okay. then knock off like around two, three o'clock. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. So I like that. Uh, why don't you, Chris, tell us about who you are? Where'd you grow up at? Um, where'd you go to school? Family, like personal stuff, not too personal, but yeah. just who you who you it. are, please. Yes. And, uh, well, we um, perfect. I uh, I grew up in uh, uh, the northern uh, edge of Indianapolis. Uh, and uh, went to North Central High School and graduated in 1984. So for I'll eat, make it the, the math easy. I'm 57 years old. Um, and so, uh, but you know, I remember, uh, you know, for what that's worth, I uh, my experience of Westfield back then was racing up US 31 to go go-kart racing at what was then the i think it was called three j's or something like that uh-huh. over there um i i grew up uh, as a big racing fan uh indy cars okay. formula one stock cars you, you name it i'll more on that a little bit later but um so i graduated from north central in 84 um and then i uh uh ended up graduating from uh, butler university in uh, 1988 with an accounting degree, um, kind of got to Butler in a indirect way, but got there. Um, went to IU freshman year a little bit, so and uh, had to move to to Butler. Uh, you know, uh, leave it there. There's reasons there, right? Being, it's not a bad place. You say it. No, like, no, no. I, I was just kind of Butler. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think I was more like the parents said okay we got to recall this guy closer to home to keep a keep an eye on him because this probably this a is smart move friend. uh so i got uh, graduated with an accounting degree and then um 
worked for a public accounting firm, a local accounting firm here in Indianapolis um, called Kimmerling Myers at the time. I think they've since been acquired by Blue and Company, if I, re if I recall correctly. Yeah. But um, they specialize in healthcare, rural hospitals and the like. So I spent a lot of time on the road in, uh, you know, places like Tell City, Indiana, Logansport, uh, Warsaw. I mean, hmm. uh, a lot of really exciting places when you're 22 yeah. and 23, you want to hang out. Uh, you didn't get you didn't get the Las Vegas market. No, I did not. <laughs> I did not. Um, but um, yeah, it was a it was an interesting little two years and passed my CPA exam. And then I just realized that I, I had to get out of there. I just was not cut out for public accounting. And um, I took a job with Melvin Simon Associates at that time. It's now since Simon Property Group. And uh, I hired on there in uh, 1990 and um, worked there for about seven years, the last four as a financial analysis. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, my background between the accounting degree and, and working at Simon was always numbers, right? Crunching numbers for other developers, mm -hmm. other other deal uh, makers. And, um, and then uh, I, uh, let's see, they're 97. Uh, one of my fraternity brothers was a guy named Doug Bowles, who's now the president of the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Yep. So Doug called me up in the summer of 1997 and, and said, hey, he was getting involved with uh, forming an IndyCar racing team. Uh -huh. And Doug and I were big racing fans and went to a lot of races around the country. And I mean, we just couldn't believe it, right? We're like, how yeah. in the world? So he asked me to join the racing team, which I did. Uh, my title was chief financial officer, which was uh, pretty much meant doing everything except for working on the racing car. So I answered uh -huh. the phone, I paid bills, I organized uh, benefit programs, I filed, you know, government returns, all that stuff. So it was, you know, everything that uh, to keep the place running as a quote unquote yeah. business, right? Yeah. But it was fun. Uh, traveled a lot. Uh and um, and then uh, worked there for about five years. So the in two thousand two, I joined Holiday. So what was that race team? I didn't know Doug Bowles had a race team. Uh, what was the race team called? Yeah, it was called Panther Racing. Oh, okay. And our uh, our first year in racing was nineteen ninety eight. Our driver was Scott Goodyear. And we had uh, Scott was our driver for the first three years in 98 through 2000. Okay. And then we were um, uh, 2001 was we uh, we hired a, a young kid named Sam Hornish Jr. Mm -hmm. And um, and Sam ended up winning the championship that year. And um, mm -hmm. so he did OK and we yeah. did all right. And that was uh, probably a lot of fun, wasn't it? Those were fun it times. was. It was. Um, my daughter was born in on April 28th of 2001. And so I just, um, by the time we raced on weekends, right? And so I was just uh, finding that I was, um, I had missed like the entire summer of 2001. And I just realized that, you know, I needed to um, be on the road all the time. And in, yeah, in that sport at that time, you really had to travel with the team Mm -hmm. um it's just kind of the way the culture was so you couldn't just hang back and let the 
you know, let the team go race. You, you know, it's kind of, you know, all for one, one for all. So, yep. and so I was uh, finishing up my um, MBA in the uh, spring of 2002. And um, since that time we had moved the racing team down to Ameriplex. And so that's how I got to know the Holiday Properties guys, because they were just developing the Ameriplex, the 1,500-acre business park, you know, on the southwest side of Indy, down by the airport. And so we moved the team there, and um, I just knew I needed to get back, you know, off the road. And so I uh, I called the uh, president of Holiday at the time, a guy named John Fair, who um, I had done the lease with, and... Um, was networking into uh, I thought I would network into a finance job, you know. Yeah. South Bend was uh, Holiday was headquartered up in South Bend, so I knew I didn't, you know, it didn't seem like wanted to go to work in the finance shop with them would be something I wanted to do because I would have to yeah. move to then. So it was really just a networking. Like, mm-hmm. is there a bank or is there a, you know, real estate developer down here that mm-hmm. he might be able to put me in contact with and. And somehow, uh, I think he must have been really desperate. And so he <laughs> actually, yeah, he he asked me, he's like, well, why don't you just run Ameriplex? And I'm like, I don't even know what that means. I, uh-huh. you know, I, could, I could run the numbers for Ameriplex, but like doing deals and, you know, developing a park, I had zero experience with. Huh. So I just said, okay, I'll uh, yeah. give it a shot. And um you know, I guess I've uh, stuck with it for uh, what twenty one years. Yeah, yeah. good run. Yeah. So you really had no. I mean, you worked for Simon, but you mm. hadn't developed or you hadn't been on the ground putting deals together or land any of that. No, and you'd done a le- you'd done a lease through Panther. You probably did right. the lease, right? Yeah. But other right. than that, you weren't big real estate. Mm-hmm. Right. Huh. Nope, not at all. Not at all. What it, What do you think, Chris? And we're gonna. Um, what do you mm-hmm. think it was that he liked about you? <laughs> no. What do you think you were? What is it? What What did he that, need that you had at the time? That I I think he was tired of coming down from South Bend and trying to run Ameriplex. I think he was just needing a body, you know. Uh, and like he said, hey, how bad could it be? You know the park. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, no, I, I don't really know. That's probably a question for John more than me, but mm-hmm. I, let's that's not ask question. him. Yeah, let's not. I mean, I, I guess I would just put it this way. I, I, um, uh, you know, very blessed. Right. Uh-huh. And, yeah. uh, just, just the, uh, series of connections. I've kind of looked back in my life and like, you know, I got to Butler in a, a very, you know, unintentional way. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I met Doug Bowles there, right? And then, you know, later on, you know, that leads me to the racing team. And then the racing team leads me to Holiday. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I guess I, I, it's not lost on me that I'm, I'm been incredibly blessed by great yeah. connections and meeting great people who, you know, place confidence in me and, you know. Yeah, for a long time. Yeah. So, um, so you, what was your job title, uh, when you took that job? Uh, which, with which, uh, with Holiday, oh, I'm sorry. Oh yeah. I, I, I came in as a senior vice president. Okay. Um, and, uh, it was, we thought about 
you know, I was 36 years old at the time, didn't have any experience. And, you know, vice president was probably the more appropriate title, but John thought it would look more it, you know, impressive if he put senior. Yeah. So that's why they, they added the senior. And so, yes, White entered at the senior level, Kurt. I want to awesome. make it clear. I didn't start at the vice president. Uh -huh. level. Why was, would you? Yeah, no, no. So <laughs> we've had other people that have started at vice president level and and you can just, you just tell a difference, you know. Yeah, just, totally. Yeah. I'm changing my business card after this podcast. You should. You senior should. Yes. Yeah, senior, because everybody looks at it and goes, whoa, hold on here. I'm, I'm, I get, I got to bring my A game now because I'm dealing with the senior vice president. Right. So yeah. today, you, I feel like you have a partner title, though. Well, I do now. So okay. um, it, uh, the, way it, the way Holiday works is, uh, you know, we have individual partners in our projects, but it takes four or five years for them to decide if they really want to have you be a partner. Cause it's, it's one thing to be an employee, right. Yep. And a paid employee by holiday properties, which I am, mm -hmm. but it's another thing when you, you know, admit somebody as a partner in a real estate project, because, you know, that's a whole different role, right. You, it is. And you, you know, let's say the project is slow to lease up, you know, is somebody prepared to, you know, endure a, a little, you know, dry spell. Are they going to, are they going to be constantly nagging on, you know, what's wrong? Mm -hmm. So we, we take, you know, we were careful on who we admit as partners, but uh, yeah. So I've been a partner since uh, 2007 and all that really means okay. is when we do projects um, around our portfolio, I, I get an opportunity to invest at various okay. levels. Yeah. Cool. Um. And then when you first had that opportunity, did you start right away investing in projects? Well, I was uh, fortunate to be invested or or, made, or allowed to be a partner in, uh, I think it was the tail end of 2007, okay. going into 2008. And uh, I was like, can I can I go back to <laughs> just being an, uh, uh -huh. uh, an employee? So yeah. it was, uh, I was willing to invest. There just really wasn't a lot to invest in those. Uh -huh those few years so you were uh, invested though you I, were I, I i think the the first project i had was a tiny little retail building up in northwest mm -hmm. indiana that uh was slow to lease up and you know this when 2008 the, you know, we were losing 300 jobs a month and you know, uh -huh. you know just i was like oh my god this is gonna take me under yeah mm -hmm. so it's it's all right though it worked out yeah, it's yeah. Well, yep. it did. I mean, knock on you know wood. So, so um, okay. And this is probably my last like uh, holiday specific or your career question. But what is mm -hmm. like the corporate structure at like holiday? Are there main owners and then small or partners like you guys and then employees? Or are there two hundred employees? Just a quick overview yeah. of how big what holiday is. We, we we've got uh, our headquarters is in, in South Bend. We have call it development offices in um, Chicagoland, Northwest Indiana, that area, if you will. And those that office does what I do in Indianapolis, which they seek out development opportunities um, on the ground in that market. Mm -hmm. We have an office in Nashville, Tennessee, that does the same thing: development, a little third party um, medical office building management. And then we have a, a, a development office in uh, Richmond, Virginia, which uh, oversees some of our projects on the East Coast, namely in uh, the D.C. area and Baltimore. 
Okay. So we all, all of these development offices all funnel up into, you know, South Bend. Um, all each office is led by a gentleman like me, uh, air quotes on the gentleman. Yeah. Um, and, uh, we report up to a president of holiday properties and, uh, by the guy, Tim Healy has now taken over from John fair in the last couple of years. And Tim ran this Northwest Indiana office. So he's, you know, we've kind of grown up in the business together. Yeah. And, um, um, so how big is holiday? Oh, we've got uh, 300 uh, total okay. employees, um, including, you know, obviously from the back office up to the front lines. Mm -hmm. So uh, from a state level, are you, as, I mean, as big as they get in the state kind of, uh, or are you a mid-level developer size? What size company would you rank yourselves as? Oh, uh, you know, our, our portfolio, our top line portfolio um, exceeded a billion dollars about a couple of years ago. So um, awesome. we quite could quite believe that, but it's, yeah. um, and that's just, uh, we probably have, you know, I don't know, 120, 130 individual LLCs and land projects mm -hmm. and the like. So, um, mm -hmm. so I don't know where that would put us in terms of. I mean, you make the IBJ private. list every year, right? Um, do we? I think you do. Yeah. You probably. Do. Yeah. 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 So. yeah. Um, I think okay. that, you're, yeah, you're relevant. I, yeah, I think so. I think so. <laughs> All right, Grand Park. Mm -hmm. um, how did you get tied in to Grand Park? Oh, you're talking about the uh, the indoor facility there? Yep. The, okay, so the Grand Park Event Center, uh, you guys yeah. developed it. Yes. Um, how did you get brought into that? Where was that deal struck? What yeah. is that? Uh, was that, did you get, did Steve Hinky pick up the phone and call you? Did the city call you? Did you go chasing it? What, yeah. give me some uh, history on the Grand Park event. Yeah. Show. So, uh, so at that time, maybe right, you know, coming out of that 2008, 2009, uh, for some reason we had had maybe two hotels in our portfolio um, going into that 08 and then when the, we re-emerged from that, um, just for some reason, we decided we just kind of fell into some hotel opportunities. Um, mm -hmm. You know, we had the Ameriplex project out by the Indy Airport, which you know, obviously being an airport, you know, uh, proximity to the airport is a is a natural hotel, you know, market with a lot of, you know, built-in demand drivers there. So we started doing hotels around um you know, those offices that I mentioned earlier mm -hmm. and obviously living here in Westfield and watching, you know, the park built or being built in what, you know, whatever, 2011, 2012, and, you know, opened up maybe in 14 or something, you know, I'd been watching it. We were certainly busy with our Mariplex and other things, but um, uh, I had an interest in, in developing a hotel project. Mm -hmm. And I just remember, it was, I don't, I forget what winter it was, maybe 13, 14. It was just really, really a bad winter. Mm -hmm. And I was driving along 191st street. It was in January and it looked, I've never been to like, um, Siberia. Um, but it was, <laughs> it was frozen. And you uh -huh. could just snow, the wind just blowing snow. And it just looked like, you know, and I was like, my goodness, who, 
if you had a hotel up today, like who would be staying there? Who right. Would go to, yeah. we, we still were, you know, we had a goal of establishing a corporate base here in Westfield, but we hadn't, mm-hmm. you know, we were nowhere uh, really in 14. So I knew, I knew the <clears throat> summer would be fine, but I, I looked at the, the park plan and I saw this indoor facility and at that time it was just a box on a master plan mm-hmm. and so I reached out to the city to, to ask about you know when is this indoor facility because it, it looked a bit big it wasn't just like yeah. an off-the-wall sports and I thought well that could be a yeah, that could help bring some year-round activity mm-hmm. and that would make our hotel better oh. and um and so I I just kind of connected with the city uh just found out what they their plans were at that stage they were hoping a private sector group would come in and build it so they were mm-hmm. just kind of waiting and when I when we learned that they wanted to build a stadium you know a purpose built yeah. stadium that doesn't have much residual use from a traditional real estate you know, I, I just told the city, like, look, you're, you're going to have, this is going to have to be a city back project, you know, mm-hmm. and it took a little while probably to work that through. And, and then they, the, the city leadership decided to do that. They engaged us as the developer. Uh, so we actually owned the building. The city was um, uh, a tenant there. Mm-hmm. And then they had a right to acquire the building um upon completion which is what they did so oh, we just developed it designed it so um that was a fun project though you know we got to really create that building from the from the ground up we have a blooper book somewhere around here <laughs> where like it's a f- funny how many versions of that building we had um, oh really yeah i mean we had some pretty wild um like i don't know i don't know whose idea some of those were but uh-huh. uh it evolved and uh you know, and so I that remember, wasn't something you pulled out of a blueprint that you had from another building and no, stamped it down. No. It was all original. Correct. We there was there was a project in uh, Pontiac, Michigan, that was uh, similar at the time, and they had they had three fields, but they were three separate buildings, right? They were, mm-hmm. uh, and they were connected mm-hmm. by. Uh, call it like the front building that you see over at, a, at the uh, GPAC, but uh-huh. um, they, uh, it, it, so I, I don't know why they did three separate standalone buildings, but I, as we looked into it, it just felt like, you know, for them, you really needed to have a, a clear span of those three buildings. So you brought yeah. in the entire experience. So, yep. um, and we, you know, we had help with design consultants and, and the like, mm-hmm. so um but it was fun what was was a challenge uh i don't know if you've done a lot of public private deals like that but what was a challenge and not just westfield but a challenge of doing a project that size with a city that probably doesn't really know much about doing a project that size vertical um what were some challenges that just came with that new marriage well um yeah we had a lot of challenges on that project um this would have been um we were i think they we announced the project in the summer of 14 and um as soon as the the announcement was made um and you can imagine there became a lot of uh public detractors from that mm-hmm. project right oh, yeah um, yeah 
you know, private developer working with city and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And so um, we had to, uh, um, you know, that, that, that brought kind of a challenging climate. Mm -hmm. And then uh, unfortunately um, it, it ultimately resulted in um, uh, the candidate for who ran against Mayor Cook in the May 15 primary. Mm -hmm. Yep. Uh, him and a couple other, I think, joined in to file an open door lawsuit against the <laughs> city of Westfield in the, um, I think we were getting ready to break ground in the October or November of 14. And uh, so obviously that's, they, they, the file, the open door lawsuit was challenging the decision-making on, yeah. on, you know, and, and there was a massive city council meeting where I had to make uh -huh. the presentation on the project, we had the room full, mostly yeah. remonstrators. Um, you know, sound familiar? Yeah. Did uh, you think <laughs> kind of your mo? Is kinda, that, yeah. did, did you have any idea going into that? I mean, you're kind of a gut guy. I mean, did you have any idea it would be that political? No, no, not at all. In fact, um, I, I had no idea. And yeah. uh, you know, we we. Um, you know, very you know, had all the you know, books were very transparent yeah. and how we structured that deal. And um, well, they've been going on in every community for years, the public yes. private. So it was just new to yes. little Westfield. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, I think that would have been, I just remember that was when I was, uh, let's see here again, 14, 15. So my daughter would have been uh, 12 or 13. And I just remember her at one point in time, she was kind of in, I don't know, one of the intermediate schools or middle school. I can't, I always get those two mixed up. Uh, and I think she was just hearing about holiday and this, and she's like, dad, can you just stop working in Westfield? You know, <laughs> get like, out of this school. <laughs> I know, I know. I was like, oh man, that, that really hurt. Uh, uh -huh. yeah. uh, so, you know. But you uh, said no, honey. You're going to deal with this. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. That's right. We have a plan. Uh, it's it's going to be just fine. So, uh, uh, so you asked about challenges. Yeah, that was just yeah. the political. And then you you know you had some of just the design, and it's never been built before. So just you know, um, even just construction issues, right? The the means and methods of of constructing the building, challenging the you know the winds and the weather, and you know things that you know you just no one had bet done a building like that. So you just always kind of tend to encounter a lot of firsts. Yeah. You know, so, but. Um, you know, and I've always kind of wondered this. And um, when you take on a project like that, do you put the turf down and the, the seats up and all the stuff? Or do you turn it over to someone that does like the TI, as I would call it? Or do you do it all? Yeah, we did that all. So we had uh -huh. a, a TI allowance baked into the project, you know, from an overall, the city uh -huh. kind of got to pick and choose how they wanted to fill that bucket. Um, but yeah, no, we we oversaw the turf installation and um, work with the, fortunately we had worked with the vendor that had done the the balance of Grand Park, the uh, Moats yep. Group out of Cincinnati. They were, they were awesome to work with. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the funny story about that a little bit is I remember coming in to the, uh, building one day when they had just brought the turf in right so they just laid the 
the the art you know that turf that the plastic grass down right uh-huh and um you can i don't know if you've ever looked at those turf fields but you know um, at that stage the grass was just laying flat right okay it almost looked like um like a putting mat you might have uh-huh. in your basement right uh-huh. it was just rock hard <laughs> and i had my my stomach sank i'm like oh my Uh-oh. god Uh-oh. this doesn't look anything like and i remember like in a panic i called our construction guy i'm like hey we he's like whoa 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 calm down uh-huh. we, we haven't filled it with the the rubber um oh, and yeah. all of the, the and so when you you lay that rubber in and then you, then you uh-huh. go stir it up and it causes the the grass to you know go Stand straight up. up and then you have that cushion uh-huh but uh yeah i was like oh this is going to be bad um, that's interesting what a weird process you wouldn't think you know why would you think you had to fill it in right yeah i mean so i always like they had those little pellets and the like uh-huh. but i you know i just didn't basically maybe i just wasn't paying attention in one of the meetings and maybe they said exactly hey it's going to be late yeah. first and then we're going to come in and maybe i was just wasn't paying attention but i just happened to walk by there one night uh-huh. and i'm like oh <laughs> you're gonna be in trouble for this one i was like man these poor kids are gonna be bouncing Uh off this rock hard uh it's all your fault too yep yep wait till your daughter's friends catch wind of this one yeah that's right yeah oh boy yeah chris one of the one of my favorite things about one of my shocking moments when grand park event center got opened up we they had everybody you could come in and eat and who was oh, yeah. it? The bird, the bird group, or something? Jonathan, bird food. Jonathan Bird. Yeah. Jonathan Bird was the caterer, and I walk in, and there was a carving station, and I thought, what an amazing place! I thought we have a we have made it yes. in Westfield, um, and I I didn't try it. It looked expensive, so I just had a yeah. bag of chips. But um, yes, it is an amazing facility, and that you know it probably was very cool to be a part of that. That's a nice resume builder for sure. I bet. Yeah, yeah, it was fun. I, um, you know, there's a placket, you know, down there in the uh, main building there. So I'm, I'm, I'm very proud of that project. So yeah. I, that's yeah, cool. so, holiday as a whole, probably that's a cool project for the company wide. So yeah, it was, and we kind of opened it up. We we finally delivered the, you know, but the lawsuit was wrapped up in the spring of uh, fifteen. We broke ground in the uh summer of 15 which you know we had a, actually the, the financing on that was about a was was a fixed rate almost a bond type financing so mm-hmm. i think we ended up closing that at like 4.5 percent fixed rate over 25 years and so i remember we were at like four percent when we were about ready to close in the spring or the fall of 14 so whatever that 50 basis point spread is I don't know what that is every year, but uh, I, you call that maybe the legacy of the whoever filed that lawsuit. They, I'm going to yeah. guess they cost the city about 200 grand yeah. a year for no good reason. But yeah, hey, and I'm pretty sure you can't, you can't go after after that guy for that. No, no, it was all for the it was all for the kids, Kurt. They the kept saying it was, right uh, for the kids. it was all for the kids. <laughs> so, um, so here you are doing a little building out at Grand Park. Um, mm-hmm. you got a little hotel going on 32. Yeah. Um, and so that leads us to build the hotel. We, we broke ground in that on 16 on 2016. 
just when we were turning yeah. over the the uh, Grand Park you know event center. So did that did that because I um, sold the retail out yeah. front the um, and I remember standing there before they closed on it and everybody's you know we're in the middle of nowhere right oh, yeah. I, I think you bought that a little bit after they bought the retail center and yes. I remember yes. the developer thinking what are they going to do with that and yes. it's turned out pretty cool what do you got there uh what do you what yeah, you I'm sorry what did you develop there oh the uh, the Hampton Inn yep yeah so uh 93 room Hampton Inn and so uh -huh. You know, we uh, we knew, uh, you know, again, that was like, I guess our business is to take on risk. We know that. Yeah. But, you know, at that time, um, we were the first new hotel building that had broken, it you know, broke ground in Westfield since the park okay. had been opened. Um, the Cambria at the time was going to come about a year later. And I think the Spring Hill maybe came two or three years later after, after, we launched so we were really the pioneer in taking a chance on building uh the first hotel again the the summer was never going to be a problem there's always those mm -hmm. those uh winter months that we were you know they it was unclear yeah um but you know with hotel development you have a franchise you know we 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 own the hotel we just franchise that with hilton okay. they usually have a four mile protection on franchises and so mm -hmm. um we knew so it's, it's it's really hard to get a good brand like that at, at, at the corner of maine and maine when the market's already established so sometimes you have to be a bit okay. on the leading edge and of course we were had nothing no reason to believe at that stage that westfield was going to stall in its mm -hmm. trajectory of growth and being a business friendly and, and welcoming community right mm -hmm. uh so we built the hotel. We opened it up in uh, 17 summer and, you know, did okay. Not great. Then COVID hit complete disaster. Um, we had one night, it was like, I get an occupancy report every morning and we had like, the occupancy was like 1.07%. And I'm That's like, a really low number. I'm like, well, I didn't like, how do you even get yeah, to is that a room? Well, it's one room over 93, okay. and actually it's 1.068%. Uh -huh. So they, I think to help me, they rounded it up to 1.07. Yeah, it's almost two. Yeah. So, <laughs> I was, and of course, I was like, who is in that room in the middle of COVID, right? Staff. Uh, yeah. So it was, a, it was a tough, tough sledding in COVID, and, uh, you know, we certainly gotten out of that but uh but you know that's the other thing that's a little disappointing and that's you know I, i'm sure we'll get into the other debacle yeah. but you know that's the thing that i think we miss as a city is you know we we fail to realize that people are making investments in hotels and restaurants you know the west fork whiskey guys come to mind and yep. you know they're building and taking investments and they're hoping that the community is being led by adults mm -hmm. with you know, responsible leadership for the whole community, not just, mm -hmm. you know, a couple people that happen to live, you know, next door or a couple people that yeah. live at the other side of Westfield, but yet always want to complain and and say, you know, we don't want any development. And so, yeah. you know, that's, that's the disappointing, especially since it's my hometown, 
Yep. And I kind of led the development of a hotel. And then we see some efforts to basically, you know, discourage, you know, business businesses from coming here. Yeah. And then you wonder why, you know, there's no more hotels. Well, you know, yeah. need, you need to complement the Grand Park stuff with, you know, business travel. I mean, you know, Carmel gets it, has the best of both worlds, right? We've mm -hmm. talked about it. They get to their share of the Grand Park and yet they, they enjoy that <clears> business you know, travel, you know, during the during the week so um chris anyway. when um if you <laughs> no this is, this is a segue um if if you look at how grand park and the surrounding areas were along 32 and 191st street um that area to you i mean it's been going on for 10 years now or eight mm -hmm. years now um if you if you could do it all over again and you could say this is the mat crystal ball on how mm -hmm. to hustle this and make this work what would be a few things that you would advise a community as they're trying to figure out how to grow and mm -hmm. still respect the three founders that still live in town but still uh, acknowledge mm -hmm. that everything's changed i mean how, how would you advise on that like a grand park type development um you were in I it uh, yeah are you talking about like how to configure the park and the, the i'm talking estate? about the the overall that keeps developers like you that invest you just said invest a lot of money hoping mm -hmm. that they allow future development uh that a city puts out there and planning and just just the overall conversation where would you be on that instead of because i'll tell you how it was it stopped mm -hmm. and it turned into well, that's not, I don't, that's not how I envisioned that there. And that's not how and it just became a mess and nobody wanted to spend any money. So if you had yeah. it and you were the mayor of a city or the chief of whatever, whoever it is, president of the council, what are some mm -hmm. things that you maybe would have done differently? Oh boy. Yeah, that's a, that's a hard question. Um, it's, it's loaded too. It is loaded. Um, you know, in, in you know, let's say, hindsight being what you know something 20 uh -huh. um you know i think maybe what could have happened is um you know you build the park you know the fields mm -hmm. um and then you know and i don't know how a city would have done this but i i guess when i've talked to other communities when they've asked me you know you know, they always kind of look at that gram, that indoor facility, and they, they want to know how to do it. And they're usually having conversations about how do we start a similar park. And what I've always told them is <clears throat> try to con control the adjacent real estate as, as much as you can, right? Yeah. Because, you know, it's one thing to put in the big park, but then if, you know, the adjacent real estate is, is is not controlled by either the city or you know developers you're kind of sometimes at the whim of you know the original owners that are just sitting there uh and you know we've talked about it i think westfield yeah. sometimes has the most expensive undeveloped land in this market right mm -hmm. so yeah i think that's why you've seen maybe the development just be a little slow over the years because it you know it just took it took a while to get to connect the owners of the real estate and the with the you know with the end users so yeah 
I think one of the questions that it, or what it seemed like to me, and again, I mean, this is all after the fact, right? We're not, yeah. we weren't, um, is it, a pretty picture was drawn and an idea was drawn and a building was built and then the fields were built. And then it was like, then everybody was in shock that the next step was there. <laughs> like, oh, now what do we do with it? And there yes. was no plan beyond that. And yes, they had good, in, there's good intentions and some effort, mm. but it was just as if it was thrown in their lap and no idea what to go with it next. Do you kind of feel like there was no uh, long-term execution of it or it, oh, it wasn't I, in play? I don't know. By, I, I don't think I could say that. I mean, I, yeah. I, I, you know, like I said, you just, you know, you, you also could, I mean, the adjacent ground over there is, is um you know not terribly far from us 31 but it's uh -huh. it's far enough right so your commercial corridors that want to operate 24 7 really want to be uh, or i should say your commercial businesses typically want to be along you know commercial corridors like state road 32 uh -huh. uh, intersections at 191st and 31 uh -huh. um and so you know that park is a little distant yeah. yeah, some of that adjacent ground, you know, um, it's it looks concentrated and, and it could be organized. You know, the, the issue is, you know, and you've, you've been involved in some project attempts out there where you mm -hmm. put a retail building, hey, coming soon. Yeah. And you find yourself in that winter, like I saw in 13 or yeah. 14, and you, you know, it's just not enough to, you can't sell a lot of coffee no out of a shop like that right yeah so i think you know but again finding the ability or having the ability to assemble 400 acres adjacent to a major thoroughfare like state road 32 or 31 that's next to impossible in any yeah. community right mm -hmm. so it's a balance if you if you needed only 10 acres to do a park you could maybe get it closer to the to sure. some infrastructure but when you need project of that scale you really have to kind of go out and i think that just brings a little interim disconnect right yeah, between the case of development but just my thoughts i don't you know what do i know <laughs> what do you know all right so um here you are uh noodling around the little park out there and then for some reason the huge industrial development future of westfield named aurora Oh, you you got involved in and then now it's all it's called North Point. How did you get yes. involved in Chris White's Aurora? Yes. So um, I, we got Chris, Chris, Chris White and I had a mutual uh, acquaintance. Uh, a neighbor uh, guy that lived across the street from me was was uh, good friends with Chris. And somehow we just struck up a conversation about, um, you know, real estate development. And he said, hey, uh -huh. you know, I. I've got a buddy, Chris White, that's trying to do some stuff. Um, you know, would you want to meet him? I said, oh, sure. You know, and so Chris and I met and this would have been maybe 2015, 2016 or so. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, yeah, he showed me all the plans for Aurora. And uh, we got to talking and we gelled really well. And um, we thought, you know, we we. Uh, could work on that together. I mean, Holiday could yeah. bring some some resources that some experience in our you know development experience from our other land projects. And so Chris and I just we just formed a, a joint venture and mm -hmm. 
and went off marketing the ground, which at that time was just a 300 acres of cornfields, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. With kind of a bit of a curious zoning, um, but um, you know, with the Coventry project plan right in the middle of it, you know, we had to kind of right. work around that, which, you know, again, more on that later, but um, uh, so that's how I got involved in, uh, the, and it was called Aurora. You're right. Uh -huh. And we felt like that name maybe was, you know, wasn't testing particularly well in the, um, you know, community, right? You'd say Aurora, yeah. you know, you had the yellow signs. Remember the uh -huh. you know, stop Aurora? Yeah. Oh, everywhere. yeah. Yep. Yeah. You always wonder why were they yellow? Um, but That's um, interesting. So, so the mayor could see to, it, I think. I was yes. told. Yes, yeah. yes. So um, so we wanted to change the name and frankly, uh -huh. we just, we couldn't, we were moving kind of so fast on trying to get things going. We just had a working title called North Point. And we're like, well, why, you know, it's on the northern, nor most northern point of the Indianapolis market. Mm -hmm. That was our working title for the new project. We thought we'd come up with a different name later. Mm -hmm. Well, we never did. And, uh, and then uh, Toyota and Bastion come along uh -huh. and want to do the first project out there. And, and uh, we were like, uh-oh, we, we're going to have to go to North Point. Got to so commit to something. Uh, got to commit yeah. to something. So, so that's, that's how, how it got to be called. That, huh? Yeah, so it was a working title that became the permanent yeah. uh, title. So You know, you said a minute ago it's, it's a rarity to put together 400 acres, or maybe not rarity, but difficult mm -hmm. to find 400 acres near a, a major inter, or a interstate or whatever. Were yeah. you, would it have been just because of your business? Would it have been dumb to not try to work that a three hundred acre project at the corner of thirty eight and thirty one? I mean, is that just an awesome thing to have dropped in your lap or to stumble upon with somebody? Oh, for sure, yeah. yeah. And, and good lord, uh, Chris White. I mean, I I think I've mentioned it time again. That man, <laughs> he there's a special place awaiting him, right? I mean, yep. He put those parcels together like in 2005, 2004. Yeah. Uh, so we inherited those contracts. We, we, yeah. some of them expired. We had to do new ones, but uh, the one, one of the contracts where Bastion sits now and Abbott sits was a contract that Chris had done in like 2005 that, that oh, I never met the owner. He was over in Ohio and this contract was, could have been better, you know? Yeah. But yep. Like we're not touching it. We're just, uh -huh. I mean, I think Chris had, in order to keep that under contract, I think Chris had something like 17 amendments over the years. <laughs> I mean, it was just extending due diligence and, and uh -huh. uh, no, but Chris, Chris White, you know, we, we get a lot of the credit at his holiday for, you know, bringing it maybe to, to life. And, but you know, really yeah. Chris White, you know, without Chris White, that that parcel never gets assembled. So yeah, you know, I, I want to make that clear every time I get a chance to tell people. You know, he he really yeah. he really made that happen and stuck with yeah. it during the years when like nobody, not many people would have stuck with it. Talk about commitment, huh? But he knew it would work. He oh yeah, he, yeah. oh yeah. He asked him every. He said he never had a doubt. But uh, <laughs> especially yeah. when those new option payments were due, right? <laughs> oh yes, yeah. And you know he had to endure the that oh eight oh nine, you know, yeah. with a bunch of land. He, he remember US three one was just a a yep. slow moving parking lot, right? Mm -hmm. 
So trying Everybody to do a business from that project that you walked from those things that you got out from under those things and he just knew it was going to happen. And he just, that's right. In. He stayed in. Um, uh, in fact, when we first got, you know, it took us maybe a couple of years to really commit to it. And because uh -huh. I, I just kept thinking, you know, we're, we're dealing with a Mariplex out by the Indy airport. Yeah. 65 I-70. Uh, and I was like, man, who's, who's going to come up here and, you know, this is a great bedroom community, but, you know, from a business park perspective, I, it took me a while to warm up. And then of course the US 31 project got done and that, that made the access a lot, a lot easier, yeah, but changed everything. All yeah. right. So when you finally got your hands on that thing and you guys are all sitting in rooms and you got holiday and Chris has got it all laid out, everything under control, what were some of your key things on it that you said needed to be, you thought need to be done for this to be a success? What, what were you identifying? Well, I think clearly the, the East Street extension was mm -hmm. was needed. Um, Why? Does, so, what does that mean? Well, you know, we 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 didn't have any real access or internal access to the uh -huh. park. You know, I don't know if you remember when we did Bastion, we were running through the backyard of that um, um, the uh, Carrington, Carrington building. Yeah, I keep I almost. Want to keep it calling the GTE and Verizon building, but mm -hmm. you know we had to negotiate a access easement through this guy's parking lot. Um, you know it was pathetic. Not, nothing says bring your big company to our town like an access easement. I was I was <laughs> stunned that Bastion and, and Toyota bit on that. I mean yeah. it was and and they operated on that for like two years before. Yeah. East Street uh, came around and uh, no, it was, and it was so just, it made it look kind of like a, so we, we knew, but we knew that road was coming, yeah. but it was part of a federal grant and you just had difficult to speed those things up. So, you know, we just was trying to, you know, we basically, and I, and I guess that that was a credit to Toyota and Bastion to look down the road and, and, and know that that East Street was coming. Mm -hmm and commit to the Westfield when, you know, it wasn't a very attractive park to, yeah. to call home, you know? So, um, so that the road you know, in, infrastructure was, was, uh, was an issue there. Uh -huh. Utilities, um, you know, that they were, uh, it was a pretty, uh, green site. What was, what was something that stands out to you that as you're, go, you're getting familiar with it, you're working on it, a, a scenario that, maybe in other places that had developed more um, mm. was playing out differently here. Like uh, if you were in doing something at the Mariplex, for instance, Yeah. Um, what were some difficulties here versus maybe everywhere else you do stuff or anywhere else? Yeah. Well, um, I, I guess you know, to me, it's, it's a, it's good, good and bad in the sense that, uh, you know, when you, when you compare the, um, Ameriplex project, or you know that the southwest side of Indy, the that playing field, that airport, you know, great infrastructure, great highways, uh, a lot of density, a lot of services, a lot of access to a lot of labor pool, right? Yep. Um, but it's um, it, the southwest side has its, uh, you know, it's uh, uh, you know the the businesses by and large are are just using that you know for logistics and and yeah. uh so not a lot of jobs per 
square foot and 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 uh but they get they can get a lot of them because you can get that labor base whereas in up here you know and this is what i've always told people is like we are never going to attract your low wage your low cost if someone's looking for cheap real estate mm-hmm. cheap rental space we're never going to be it right yeah and but that's really good for the community because when you do find somebody that wants to come up here, they're bringing um, a reputable, you know, company, good jobs, and so I think that's that's the advantage that we have is that Carmel is really full, right? Um, yeah. Fisher's kind of same thing. So you know we have a real opportunity to attract those um, higher tech advanced manufacturing, you know, the habits of the world, because nowadays mm-hmm. the world isn't going vertical, it's going horizontal, right? Yeah. And so I think that's what we have. But the problem is there's just, there's not as many out there. Whereas like your deal flow out by the Ameriplex is, you know, from a volume, you'll you'll have 30 or 40 deals fly by for every one that comes through Westfield. Yeah. Hmm. So, you know, different. I guess, okay. yeah. So it's, it's good for the community in that we have a park and because of the those challenges in terms of the pricing and the labor pool, it's it's going to attract higher end users. Yeah. But there's just not a lot of them. So you just have to try harder, which again makes that bastion thing so more demoralizing because they're just those are few and far between, right? Yeah. And we just say, here, Noblesville, take it. So Bastion had a, a smaller, not small, but a small building here. Uh mm-hmm. they built early mm-hmm. on and then they were going to they were looking for a full campus to build right or more right a better right. location a bigger location and they came and proposed what north point two or you who who came to we, who we, we were actually working on north point two before we had some discussions with bastion so we were beginning to put that zoning into place uh, it got derailed a little bit on the covid we were trying to have neighborhood meetings on zoom you can imagine the pretty bad uh, yeah yeah but it wasn't um you know maybe it was 2021 i can't you know was when we we got you know uh, a reach out from from the bastion folks inquiring about the potential to to build a campus you know and and bring you know uh their manufacturing consolidate facilities from around the the country and the world and do some new things um and and imagine a, a project of that scale it takes a while for that company to you know it's kind of on again off again for a while right there yep, yep. you know and uh so we were we were talking to them for you know probably at least a year um and but at this stage we're 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 proceeding with the zoning because that i said what you know what i said is uh knowing that we had we were having some discussions i i didn't know if those would ever you know bear fruit so i but i i said we need to have ground ready right yeah uh, zoned with you know infrastructure and and ready to 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 be developed i mean in this world you companies have too many other options around the the globe the market and you know just a little thing can put you at a competitive disadvantage and you know so i so we were trying to get Nobles or North Point in play from a zoning. And, and then right when we were, we went to plan commission and we were 
voted down what five to two i think mm-hmm. it was right after that was on a monday night and then that thursday i got the more um you know the loi that they wanted to and they, they wanted to go do the the campus on mm-hmm. of course you know that was embarrassing because i had to say well you might not have heard we kind of got voted down by plan commission three days ago but were they not aware of that they weren't tracking no. your zoning okay no so no. they still thought that you're you were the option. Well, I I knew they were talking to other folks. We knew that uh-huh. other communities, but I I felt like, you know, they really liked Westfield back in seventeen and eighteen, and I really felt like you know, we 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 had the inside track there, right? Um, had you gotten the zoning, would you have land, would they have been here? Uh, do you feel, I, do you feel I, like I, that was. You know, I, 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 I'm not even going to wade into that. That's really for them to answer. But, yeah. you know, I, I know that when we went to that hearing on Monday, the city council on Monday, right? They now they are aware of the plan commission vote. They are uh, aware of the Monday hearing, right? They're, mm-hmm. they're listening. They're, you know, and that, you know, I, I'm just, I'm not, you know. I'm not going to, it's not, it wouldn't be fair for me to speak for them, but you, you know, that was a very negative. Yeah. It's awful. And, yeah. um, you know, I was standing there and, you know, as I was wearing a Westfield resident hat, a Westfield developer hat. And it was just like, I can't believe, uh, this is going on. And I said, you know, if I were, if I were any company and I was listening to this, there's no way I would want to invest in this community. Yeah. So, you I- know, it was a shocking process. It was a weird process because I get it when they turn stuff down and they make you, you know, there's bad places to develop. And mm-hmm. what, what was shocking to me is um, it was almost like that was a just shut, let's just shut the door on development yeah. for a, as a city because yes. other things that come through and they nitpick it apart and they make it real hard. But then mm-hmm. we have this home run dangling. And it's like, you know what? We're not interested. Well, what was stunning there is that, you know, I, I mentioned in my hearing, I said, look, I, you know, we've been talking to this company. I couldn't mention who they were. I said, you know, the LOI showed up Thursday. It would seem to me that you'd all just want to listen and you know, learn more. That's all. Uh-huh. Learn, right? Yeah. You can kill this thing later. Yeah. But, you know, we had to, we barely scraped through by a, by a, motion of four to three just to table the discussion for two more weeks so we had we had three votes that three votes that said i don't want to hear anymore i have heard enough you know i'm going to kill this project right done yep uh, as a as a let's just developer as a developer um, you've got a lot of money in there. You've got a lot of time. You've got all your resources. You're plugging your relationships into stuff like this. Mm-hmm. Um, as a p- developer, personally, is that a hit when you get something like that? Or is it just business and it is what it is? Well, you know, uh, I, you know, we, we, we're in a tough business. We, we know that. And, you know, we're, yeah. we have far more losses than we do wins. Right. Yeah. Um, we, we recognize that. And, and sometimes you just, you just, 
you know, a deal goes all, elsewhere, you know, um, you try to put your best project forward, your best opportunity, your best pricing, but you don't win them all, right? Yeah. You accept that. I guess for me, the the thing that makes that more disappointing and demoralizing was I, I felt like it was, you know, we couldn't, we couldn't overcome the, this, the negative, you know, uh, words uh, and positions from our city leadership. I mean, that was hard to overcome, right? I can, I can work on pricing. I can work on design. I can work on, but if, but if, you know, it's, it's hard for me to say, well, look, yeah, I know three people voted to kill it, but you know, let's look beyond that. I mean, yeah. You know? Yeah. And so I figured that I felt like that was like a, uh, what do they call that for, you know, an unforced air for the city. They, sure. they really didn't need to do that. Um, but again, you know, I want to be clear too. I, you know, I know there's been a lot of stuff written and, and the like, you know, Hey, we don't know what their decision, you know, they may have still ended up going over to Noblesville, even yeah. had our city leadership been more responsible. Mm -hmm. Right. Yep. So we don't know. Um, how does Chris go, uh, and you're, you know, cause you're not going forward. How does, how do you see a city can leverage developer, a capable developer? How can a city be very picky and difficult and do what they think is right long-term for a community, which is, uh, there's nothing bad about that, but how do they go to people like you that are willing to put your money in towns and dream mm -hmm. of neat places and go out into the market and attract companies? How do they leverage you and the right, mm -hmm. what is a great practice in your head? Oh, you know, I, I guess I would, um... Like the way I've always kind of looked, thought of it is like, you know how we have land project. We have North Point, right? Yeah. We have a Ameriplex. We have, you know, but we, they, those are projects just sitting there, right? They're, they need attention. They need to mm -hmm. be um, uh, promoted, right? Um, and like any promotion, you, you know, you can't just be rolling out the same ad, you know, you yep. want to kind of change it up. If not, because people start to drone and, and hear, you know, they just kind of uh, drone it out. Um, if, if from a city perspective, if you look at it, you know, the city is essentially a large land project. Sure. Right. And, you know, one thing that a city could do is look at it as a large land project and then be intentional about pockets where, they want to see develop and then work to promote that either, you know, understanding the land assembly, maybe connecting land assembly with developers, maybe even acquiring land, right. Mm -hmm. To, but, but to, to, to view your city as a active breathing land project, mm -hmm. to me, that is, I, most cities don't do that. They're not staffed for that. They just yeah. kind of sit back and wait for people like us to assemble ground knock on the door and, you know, talk about whatever we need, zoning or entitlements. Yeah. Um, but I, I, you know, I would say, you know, if you could be for a city just to be just more intentional about what they want to, well, I think you could see other communities, right, nearby where they've been very intentional about what kind of businesses they want to recruit. They find land in areas 
and they zone them, they entitle them, and they they really work hard to fill that those spots mm-hmm. with those type of companies, right? Yeah. So uh, to me, I think that's a that's the best practice for any community, mm-hmm. and and I think it helps support. You know, it attracts private developers, um, and it's a it's a you know it builds on each other. You know, we always kind of yes. think that Carmel has always been like Carmel. Well, you know, going back to you know when we started talking when I graduated in 1984 mm-hmm. Carmel was like Mohawk Landing yeah on Range Line pretty nice and Range Line Road was essentially <laughs> a junkyard you know uh-huh. um they yeah. you know it wasn't always they, like this yeah. no no but they were intentional about it like every mm-hmm. month every year and it built on each other and then you know you almost kind of get a momentum going and and just somehow you don't even like well, you don't even remember you, you don't even know when it was starting to transform. It just yeah. it just was such a natural organic, and now they're like boom, yeah. You know? So you, you, I I have a word over. I typed down momentum, yeah. oddly, and you just said that um, with a new council, full new council, new mayor. Mm-hmm. Um, do you do you look forward to? I know it's going to take a little time. It won't be overnight, but. Do you look forward to some good juju and some good momentum and some good intentionality, whatever that word is? Um, do you look forward to that? Is that something you're excited about going into the new year? Um, yes, I am. I don't the juju thing. I don't know what that is. That 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 <laughs> kind of have to get Sorry. back to you on that. But yeah, um, I learned that on TikTok. All the other words seem to be very <laughs> positive okay. uh, things. So. Uh, but uh, sure, you know, you ha- you got to be optimistic in our business, right? You just have to be. If not, you would just, you know, yeah, you just crumble. You would. one of my one of my exciting things. So my practice has always been when I meet a developer and, you know, I'm target Westfield. When I meet a developer, I say, well, let's go meet with the counselors on your project or what I, you know, my piece of ground. You go talk to one or two. You start running it through them. And. You know, I know nobody's making a decision, but there's a dialogue and there's an immediate feedback. Um, right. I think we lost we lost that big time the last four years or whatever, three years. Um, oh, don't you sure. feel like new a new council and a supportive mayor? Um, it'll be night and day that process and that that culture that we're going to go between the public and private development sector and the planning department and all that. Yeah, I, I certainly, uh, I, I, you know, I've, I've met, uh, you know, got to know some of the um, presumptive, whatever you call it, you know, nominees or candidates or, mm-hmm. um, and, and those that are, you know, I know there's a couple races that still have, you know, competition, but yep. even in those races, I feel like, however, it turns out, they're quality people yep. that really want to become city councilors for the right reasons mm-hmm. right and so i i do think you're going to have a, a real new energy and um uh you know i uh, the people that i said I, I mean i can't there's not one that i can think of that just feels like they're getting into it just to hey i'm a city councilor right i feel like they're all really interested in promoting westfield and and changing the, the mm-hmm. you know recent um course right yeah. And hopefully, you know, and maybe that's the end. Maybe that's that's the you know virtue of the Bastion deal. Maybe that's the thing that 
Yeah. You know, we never forget, never forget Bastion, right? And so, yeah. you know, maybe we, when we have a project and we just have to learn that, look, you just, you know, it, these, these are delicate, fragile, you know, things that just don't come along very often and you got to be careful. It and, is nice. There's a bunch of people that aren't running on a vendetta, a personal vendetta. Yeah. They're running right. on, a, if it's a vendetta, it's about, we got to open back up. Now, yes. Chad Huff is doing it for the pay. I do know yes. that. But yeah. Um, yeah. for the Notable most part, they're, they're, all, they're all doing it because they care. And they're like, ooh, it went wah, wah, wah the last two years. We want to get things going again. And I love that. I think that's cool. Every, yeah. Even the right. ones that haven't won yet, you know, the, the candidates still. Mm -hmm. So right. um, what, do you, what do you think... Um, just kind of the last couple of things here. Mm -hmm. What do you think the messaging should be to the users today? The Bastions, the the next corporate, we love, we want a rah rah Westfield group. What do you think the message should be to them from from you, a developer? Well, uh, uh, you know, I, I guess um, you know we we can talk up a community all we want, but it, it has to be backed by um uh you know demonstrated action right mm -hmm. and we haven't been able to say that with confidence you know for the for the long time i you know even knowing when we were working with the bastion and knowing that the issues we were coming up with with the you know the residents on anthony road and you know, which is again resident. that was one thing but then when we you know, the you know the neighborhood over in noblesville hinkle estates mm -hmm. i mean i thought I, I can't believe we're going to lose this deal because of a neighborhood in Noblesville. Huh. Um, hold on, I got to take some more meds here. Um, <laughs> you need some juju. Yeah, I knew. But you know, I you, you got to be able to back it up. So I guess you, yeah. you asked, what do we? What do they want to hear? You know, words oh, are. What do you know? What are you taking are, out there? What What are you? What's your messaging like? Because you're you got to make a living, right? And you got to still develop. And you can't right, let this right. stop you. So how are you no. taking that out to the world again? Well, you know, we, we we're certainly kind of what we we're just talking about. I I am talking about that. I believe it's it's going to be a new um, posture and leader in and and um, you know uh, reasoning and and uh, thoughtful analysis. You know, so we you can certainly point to you know I, I do think there's some you know um positive change coming around the corner right mm -hmm. so that's that's one thing and i think but but i think what's going to be very important is that that's going to have to be backed up i mean that can you know it, it, we're still going to have deals flock to you know if not flock but flow to westfield i mean you know the recent bio yeah. i mean you know so despite our issues we're still a great community a lot yep. going forward so we're going to have opportunity and, and some people will show up and they won't have any idea about the last four years. Right. Yep. So, you, but, but it's got to be backed up by action. And I guess that's only time will tell whether the new leadership can, you know, uh, demonstrate that. Yeah. It's just not words, right. They're really going to embrace development again. And, and as we know, this isn't about just, I mean, we all want responsible development. I mean, heck, I'm I live here in Westfield, right? I, yeah. I you know, so 
And and most of us, I mean, that's the thing too about Westfield. Westfield's blessed to have really good local developers. Mm-hmm. You know, Pat Chittenden, you know, Hanky, uh, yep. you know, um, you know, um, that WKRP, you know. <laughs> a little startup, a little junk yeah. shop. <laughs> no, but, you're right though. We have solid develop uh, de- solid developers in this community that are more than capable. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, that's another thing we should be blessed by you know and embrace you know um or we should embrace but you know that's the other thing too i just you know felt like we just for all the stuff i mean we brought the first hotel we brought we solved the indoor facility problem they wanted a business park we put the business park together and i just felt like i don't know i just felt like we were just kind of i don't say disrespect is maybe not the right word but i I felt like we were you know when 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 two dozen, three dozen people that live in unincorporated Noblesville and four or five on Anthony Road, all of which that are not in Westfield seem to be getting more of the, you know, ear and attention as versus Westfield investors and people that have put personal guarantees on the line and investment, you know, made investments. I, that I think is just very, just a, very disappointing. But That's hard to swallow. Know, I'll get over it. <laughs> Yeah, it's obviously you don't think about it anymore. Um, no, that's right. <laughs> what? What? Uh, all right, my very last question. Yeah. All right. Um, what yeah. is? This has been depressing. We got to end on a high note here. We need some juju. What juju, is? Yeah. What is some? What are you excited about uh, with North Point? North Point Two. Are you? Tell me what excites you about that going forward, because um, that's what you do. You develop. You chase users. Um, right. What's exciting? What are you excited about that? And what's exciting about it to you? Oh, I am. You know, I. I you don't I, sound I, like it. I know. I know. I know. I've told you know. I've told people I'm, I'm going to get there. Uh-huh. And I really all the things that I was excited about with Westfield, you know, a few years back, I, I those are still there, right? Yeah. And. Yeah. Um, I I uh, I still think we have a great community. I still really love Westfield. I'm glad to yeah. be here, right? And um, as I've told people, you know, I, I we all like everyone likes to win, but man, I hate to lose. And yeah, I think sucks. we as a community, I get so tired of seeing projects roll to Carmel and mm-hmm. Fishers, and I just I take that as just a you know <clears throat> that should be here, uh-huh. right? Yep. Um, so you know, I guess I'm still uh, I'm still enthusiastic about Westfield I love the community I love you know again in all seriousness you know people like you I mean it we yeah. have a lot of that right yeah so I still think we you know what's the hell our best days are in front of us you know mm-hmm. I, I do believe that um so that you know we have a great community we have a great you know uh ingredients to work with so that that sure. gets me excited we have we still have other projects in other communities that I'm like ah you know yeah. we don't have the you know, at least in this community, we still have the ability, we're still small enough where we can connect with one another. And 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 if we want to pull forward together, even if we have slight disagreements, you know, we can, we can still do that if we want to be, if we want to do that. And that yeah. that's still a unique and a very positive thing about Westfield. Chris, when uh, as someone that hasn't put their sign in another city in the last dozen years, um, I mean, it, you know, the whole Westfield, the best field, it's all I talk about. Um, we were, when mm-hmm. I started, it yeah, was right. 
everybody wanted to be here. It was the place to be. Um, that has not changed. And that's what I'm excited about is the, the market hasn't changed. And so we took a little break. It yeah. stunk. It was um, yeah. very hard. A lot of people lost a lot of money or opportunity possibly. And we heard a lot of feelings. Yeah. But right. I don't think, I think that person is still sitting out there. I think there's still a lot of holidays and bastions that are getting ready to tee up on the first. And I pity the new council because they're going to have, have an overwhelming amount of projects to look at. And none of them really know anything about development. Um, so I yes. exciting to me. That energy will be back. Um, and I think, yes, the best, best field days are ahead of us. And it's just going to be a lot of fun to me because the, the door's back open, the conversation's yeah. back there again. So screw that group. <laughs> yeah. well and i i appreciate that you know and i and i i just want to say in all seriousness like even your your best field i mean i i love the fact that you have remained enthusiastic and optimistic throughout this and i i love Absolutely. that i mean i i always if i enjoy talking to you and i always walk away laughing and like excited and then I, I probably should hang out with you like every day <laughs> happy but uh, no, i do appreciate all that you've done thank you yeah and you do have the best instagram i mean i laugh i <laughs> I, I i love that so you know you you do a great job and, and in all seriousness you're 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 a big part of westfield and all you you know you've done here so we i appreciate that so well um all right we're gonna we've been nice to each other we've yeah um, that's a good note to leave on. Thank you for doing this, Chris. This is a long podcast. Um, yeah. I hope I you'll wait till Bill Kirsch starts complaining about how long it is than my mom. But other than that, it's a lot of fun. I think I got more. I was glad to do that longer because you you had great information. So thanks for being open and and vulnerable like that. So you're welcome. Cool. Yeah. Likewise. All right, man. Well, All have right. a uh, good evening and thanks again. We back, we back, we back in the speakers, back in black, getting blasted in the bleachers. It's probably true what my mama said. I do it just like my dad. Be sure to subscribe, like, and follow. Back in the saddle, back on stage, making the whole place rattle. Back with the A-team, train on the track. Thought we were gone, but you're wrong, now it's on. We